0: Welcome to the Spine Talk Podcast, presented by Texas Back Institute. For more information about Texas Back Institute, visit www.texasback.com. And now, your host, Art Young. Lower back pain is the most common reason someone comes to see one of the specialists at Texas Back Institute. Hi, I'm Art Young. And then a few days ago, the American College of Physicians issued new guidelines for treatments. With us to talk about these guidelines is Dr. Michael Heise, a spine surgeon at Texas Back Institute. Welcome Dr. Heise.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Historic changes are underway in the treatment of back pain. And much of this is due to the prescription medications such as opioids, which are becoming serious national health problems. Uh, Even over-the-counter medicines will be affected by these new guidelines. On a a higher level, Dr. Heise, what's your take on these new guidelines?
1: To me, there's not a lot new. We always knew that 9 out of 10 people would get better without surgery and that we should hold that as the last option and that most people, most back pain is self-limiting and can be treated with non-surgical treatments. I actually think it's, it's good not to give to use opioid medications in patients who are having a, a first onset of maybe a mild back pain episode. So I think all of those things are
0: good. Yeah, I've, I've heard you and every one of your colleagues at TBI often say that surgery is the absolute last resort for treating pain. Are, are prescription drugs the next to the last resort now?
1: Yeah, that's probably right, especially habit forming drugs like the narcotics. Those, uh, those are useful, I think, for short-term management of pain that's post-surgical or after a fracture or something like that. But they're not particularly useful for long-term problems. At least they're not uh, they're not ideal for long-term treatment at all.
0: Yeah. What are opioids, and why are they so addictive and dangerous?
1: They do inhibit pain sensibilities, but they also are dysphoric, meaning they can give you a high sensation. They're very constipating, and and they are because they suppress your own your body's own ability to produce endorphins because it hits the same receptor. They uh, suppress your own ability to to manage your own pain internally, and then therefore make you dependent on that medicine to manage your own pain, and sometimes psychologically addicted to the medication, which is not uncommon. But also you can be physically addicted to these medications because again you don't produce your own endorphins in an adequate quantity to to activate your receptors and and let your body know that actually that thing that's been hurting you for a while, you don't need to pay attention to it because it's it's been toned down by your, your natural brain's ability to do that.
0: Yeah. In some way, uh, I, I know this sounds counterintuitive, but pain is pain is kind of a, kind of your friend sometimes.
1: Well, it's there for a reason. It's there to tell you that something, something bad potentially is happening to your body and you're supposed to do whatever it takes to avoid that but it doesn't mean that the whole ability to sense pain needs to be shut down, and that's what opioids, in essence, essence do.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, these recommendations uh, also suggest more alternative or natural therapies. Uh, They they, they talk about physical therapy, but they're broken down between acute and subacute lower back pain. How are these different, and, and how are they treated now?
1: So it's really a matter of timing and how long you've had the pain. So acute means... By their definition, it was anything from zero to two weeks. Uh, subacute was two to six weeks, and then chronic was longer than that. They actually had a third group. Um, I, and it's just a matter of how long you've had it. So if you just bend over, pick something up, and you have a sudden pulling in your back, and the next morning you wake up, your back is stiff and sore, that would be an acute back pain episode. And those can very likely be managed with, with really some simple things such as physical therapy, such as a chiropractor, such as a Rosti, sometimes some, uh moving down the road to acupuncture. There are there are many things that can be done.
0: So that's uh that's pretty much in line with with what you do now.
1: That's exactly what we do now. We have some, you know, we're surgeon. I'm a surgeon personally, but there's no way I'm going to even begin looking for whether there's something that needs surgery on somebody that's had uh, an episode exactly like I described. What I'm going to first try and do is get them calmed down. I'll tell them straight up, I do the surgery, and you certainly don't want to think about that first. And I say the same thing about the narcotic. And they're not for everybody, and they're certainly not first line treatment for acute back pain. I-,
0: I noticed that these recommendations don't apply to sciatica. What is sciatica, yeah. and why why would they not be included?
1: Well, sciatica is uh, pain in the leg, or leg, or legs and it's associated with nerve compression, so that pain is is managed differently. It may be associated with uh, neurologic dysfunction, such as loss of sensation, so numbness, maybe associated with weakness, and if it's associated with any of those things, it's something that may not be reversible if you don't address it quickly. Now, not everybody that has leg pain has something that needs an emergency operation, but they're at least in a different category. And the other thing is that the... uh, the leg pain patients do respond better to surgery. They tend to be more successful and quicker recoveries, and they tend to uh, get more predictable results.
0: We've been talking about the new treatment guidelines for lower back pain on this issue of Spine Talk, and our guest has been Dr. Michael Heise. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Heise. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm Art Young, and we'll talk again soon.